Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Focus Point Podcast. I'm really glad you decided to give us a listen. I hope that the words that you hear will encourage you and bless you. I encourage you also to share this with your family and your friends. If you need more information, you can head over to thepointoffocus.com where you'll find other podcast episodes, blog posts, videos, and just some more general information about our ministry. Thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Well, today we are starting a brand new series called Old Fashioned Christmas, and I'm excited for this series. I've been saying that a lot lately, but I think like what God has been showing me and the words that I've been given to share with you over these last few series that we've done have just been really encouraging for me, Um, especially the last series where I've kind of looked back and saw God's favor and saw where he's been on my life. Um has just been encouraging and then touched just seeing the way that he touched the lives of people back then and how he touches lives now. It's just so, um, such good stuff for me. And I've been, um, really encouraged and I hope that you guys have as well. Uh, but as I said, we are starting a series today called old fashioned Christmas. And so I want you to um, get a copy of the Bible. I've been encouraging that um, over the last several months. Get a copy of God's Word and get your eyes on the Bible. We'll be in Matthew chapter 1 today. And if you wanted to kind of mark that and kind of go to Luke chapter 3, we'll be referencing some stuff there. Uh, So if you wanted to kind of see what I'm talking about, we won't really be reading from Luke 3. Um, We'll just be referencing it, but Matthew 1, we'll definitely be reading a couple verses from uh, today. So, uh, give you some time to get there. We'll be in the New Living Translation of the Bible, so if you have a copy of that, or um, if you're using an electronic version of the Bible, you definitely can access the NLT version of the Bible. So that's where we're we're going, and a little background of why it's called Old Fashioned Christmas. Um, this series, we're going to be navigating through some of the Old Testament prophecies, some of the Old Testament verses that point to Jesus. And we're going to be um, looking at those texts and kind of seeing where they were fulfilled, even in the New Testament, um, but just to kind of see what the prophets were saying about Jesus. And so... We'll be doing that starting next week in the series, but with this particular um, episode, we're going to stay in Matthew chapter 1. Um, obvious, you know, points that we'll go back into the Old Testament, but really, right now, um, we're going to be focusing mainly on Matthew 1 for this episode. So I'm really, uh, like I said, excited for this. But when I think of old-fashioned Christmas... You know, I think of Christmas movies and I think of the different times that people try to kind of get together as a family and all of that. And the comedy and stuff in those movies is that family, even distant families sometimes that you may not see very often, all come together and it winds up being a chaotic catastrophe of a mess. One movie that comes into my mind because the term old-fashioned family Christmas is used is Christmas Vacation. And um, Clark Griswold in the movie really, really wants to 
have an old-fashioned family Christmas. And so everybody's descending on his house and chaos ensues. A tree gets caught, the Christmas tree gets caught on fire. You know, he starts to lose his mind and all of that stuff. And people want to leave and it's a big, 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 big mess. And so, um, but when I think of that, you know, that movie, Old Fashioned Family Christmas, you know, it, around the holidays, we include family. Um, and I know that's tough in the holidays season. Thanksgiving, Christmas is tough for some people because family is estranged. Family doesn't come around. Um, all of that, all those kind of things. But, you know, the whole idea of this, I, this thought is to look at Jesus' family tree. Because even Jesus had a family tree. Even Jesus has a, a a family line, a lineage. And it's important to kind of see this. And we realize that Jesus is human. And I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but it, it fits now. Um, over the last several months, in the last year or so in my own life, I've been really trying to lean into the fact that Jesus is a human being. That Jesus had ups and downs of lives. He had family squabbles. He had all of these things that we experience, that we face, that we see in our own lives. And with that humanity, Jesus also had a family tree. Jesus also had a lineage. So with that being said, a little bit... Um, uh, this will be in the description of the episode if you want to look at it more, but... Uh, for this episode, for my notes, and for my um, study, I use the Enduring Word commentary. And you can find that on EnduringWord.com, or you can download the app wherever you get your apps, and it's all very easy to navigate, and it just kind of spells out some of the things. So uh, some of this content is just kind of blended through, um, and so I use that commentary. So let's get into this. The Family Tree of Jesus. So there are the genealogy accounts. Um, the main one is in Matthew 1 uh, that most people um, come across first is because it's right there, Matthew 1. Um, whereas in Luke, it's kind of after his birth, it's, toward the, it's at the end of Luke 3. So the two genealogies, one follows Joseph, Joseph's lineage. So Matthew follows Joseph's family line. So, because Jesus is adopted, there's a human, a human word. Jesus is adopted into Joseph's family. He's got that lineage as a part of his family due to the adoption. And then you've got Luke that follows Mary's line, which is the actual lineage of Jesus. The actual blood lineage of Jesus. So, why... Um, why do we even read these genealogies? What is, what's so important about the family trees? It's just a list of names. And sometimes the names are hard to pronounce, which is why partially we're not going to read all of the genealogy listed in Matthew 1. We're just going to look at a few parts that help us realize that Jesus had the same kind of stuff we do. But a genealogy may not seem like month, much, but it's what established Jesus as a member of the human race. That's why we follow Jesus' gene genealogy. And this is quoting from Enduring Word, um, an interesting story. 
It says a Bible translator to a distant tribe saved the genealogies for last because he thought of them as least important part of the Gospels. But when he finally finished them, the, tram, the tribesmen were astounded. They told the translator, you mean to tell us that Jesus was a real person with real ancestors? We had no idea and that's quoting from Enduring Word. And and so when when you think about that, this is Jesus being, as I mentioned just a little bit ago, fully God and fully man. And it's easy for us to see the, the family. I'm sorry. It's easy for us to see the God side of Jesus. That's the one that, you know, walked on water and turned water into wine and walked people out of the grave. And all of the things that he, he did and he knew and all of that is God. But throughout those little things in smaller details, we see Jesus. And I've mentioned this before in the Touch series, but Jesus wept when Lazarus died. When he stood at the grave of Lazarus, he wept for Lazarus. He wept for his friends. He had sorrow. But that is only two words in that entire gospel account. And what do we remember from this story? Really, we remember that Jesus did weep, but we also remember that he walked Lazarus out of the grave. And people objected to it. So when we see this, this just adds to Jesus' humanity. God doesn't have a family tree, but Jesus does. Okay, so the difference is why are there two different ones? Why do we look at Mary's and why do we look at um, Joseph's? Well, same reason why you do for your family trees, right? You look at your dad's side to kind of see where that all goes. You look at your mom's side, where all that goes, and all of that. And so they differ a little bit, okay? Um, as I said, according to the Enduring Word commentary, Luke didn't include women in the family tree of Jesus because it was proper back then. Women, uh, it was, it was, that was proper form of writing in these genealogies. And so when you um, read the Bible and the, the nowadays, like women are viewed way differently than they were back then. You know, now women are involved in the family trees. Women are CEOs. Women are like all of this stuff. But back then, women were viewed differently in this time. And so um, that's why it just it wasn't proper form to include them in the genealogies. And so Luke was following proper written form for that. And then Luke's gospel, though, the other difference is Luke's um, goes all the way back to Adam where Matthews does not. And this shows that um, Jesus was for all mankind, that Jesus was for and is involved in the entire like human race. And Matthews start with Abraham, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But one other thing I found interesting is when we get in all of this stuff, like when you dig up your family tree, there's things that might get missed, things like all of that stuff. But back then the Jews kept records like th it was extensive and they kept it in good detail so these records um it's been said can be trusted because of their great attention to detail their great focus on these um these details so uh as i said for this episode we are going to look at joseph's family tree we're going to spend some time there because in in reality they are at some point they become the same and at some point, you know, they do differ a little bit because they go their separate ways. But um, in reality, they kind of follow the same 
kind of thing. Once you get to a certain point, then you go back through all of the people um, that are in both. So, and as I said, Matthew also does not follow proper form. He includes women in his family tree. And it's important to kind of see the, the women that Jesus, that um, are in Jesus' line because of Joseph. And it's also back then you followed the, the proper way to do family history was through the father. So that's also we are going to um, why we're going to spend more time looking at Matthews. But one other thing is Luke includes Mary, includes a genealogy for Mary, which once again, if you're following proper form, okay, that's fine. But it was essentially less important than Joseph's. So Mary having a genealogy for her family line, for her her, her line to Jesus, um, indicates her significance to Jesus, indicates her significance in this story. So as we see here, Matthew starts with Matthew 1, verse 1. It says, this is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. And so when we stop there, we, we see a lot of things. And one of those instances we're going to unpack a little bit next week when um, we kind of look at uh, this whole thing. Um, one of them we're going to look at now, we'll also kind of tap into it a little bit next week, but it starts with Abraham. So why does it start with Abraham? And we see that in Genesis 12. When we go back to Genesis 12, Genesis 12, 2 and 3, we see God's covenant, God's promise to Abraham, where it says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt or curse you. And all the families of earth will be blessed through you. So Matthew connected Jesus to David and further back to Abraham. And Jesus is the seed of Abraham in whom all nations would be blessed. Okay. And we'll talk a little bit more about it next week. But Abraham had a little bit of problem with this. He was kind of confused at how all this is going to work. And why, like, through me, all the people of earth are going to be blessed? Well, it's a big, big undertaking. So that's why it starts with Abraham, because Matthew was just starting from the promise that Jesus is fulfilling. Essentially, that's what's happening is that covenant promise that the entire earth is going to be blessed through your descendants or through you is Jesus. So it's being fulfilled here when Jesus is born. That's the blessing that God is going to bless the whole earth with. And so then we see the four women that are um, mentioned here in the genealogies. And these are found um, throughout, the, throughout the next few sections of the um, verse, through the verses, um, where you see uh, whose mother was Rahab. So you see um, Judah was the father, in verse 3, sorry, you see Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. And then you see in verse 5, Salmon was the father of Boaz, who was the mother, whose mother was Rahab. And then you see um, Ruth is mentioned here. Um, and then 
uh, which is Boaz. Um, and then you see um, David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. So now let's unpack all of that. Why are the these women in here? Okay. Um, this genealogy is, as I said, unusual because it has the presence of four women. And so these um, women are mentioned here because they are examples of God's grace. They show that God can take unlikely people and use them in great ways. So here's, here's, here's who they are. Okay, so Tamar was a prostitute. And you can find that out in Genesis 38. Rahab was also a prostitute. Um, she lived in the city of Jericho. Um, she's actually the one that hid the spies and, and stuff like that in Joshua 2 um, in Jericho. And she, you mentioned, it also was mentioned that she is saved from the collapse of Jericho. And then you see Ruth, uh, she was from Moab, she was a Gentile. And then also Bathsheba is mentioned, but she was, um, she was the one that had, uh, she's the one that committed adultery, sorry, with Sam, with David in second Samuel 11. And that was a big, big deal then, you know, it was a big shift in the, 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 in, in the story of David. Um, and that's a whole nother conversation to have about that story alone. Okay. So in, in this whole thing, is that these women have important place in the genealogy of Jesus to demonstrate that Jesus Christ was not royalty. And these four women have an important place in the genealogy of Jesus to demonstrate that Jesus identifies with Jesus with sinners in his genealogy. Um for all of for all of that. Like what we just said, like these people, you know, not that jacket edges. And these four women, the third thing is these four women have important place in the genealogy of Jesus to show that there is a new place for women under the new covenant. The new covenant that Jesus is going to in, in, uh, put on the hearts of the disciples, the new covenant that everybody's included. And Paul's biggest mission was for to be for the Jews and the Gentiles. All of that is said in as as part of Paul's mission that he was for all people and Jesus was for all people. He went through Samaria, he went through like all of that stuff. Okay? So these amazing things say to me, okay, that first of all, like everybody's family is a little bit messed up, including Jesus. There's people in everybody's families that got jagged edges and all of that. And Jesus has that in his family as well. But it also says to me, I want you to do good things for me too. That even though Rahab was a prostitute, she still saved some people when, when it came time. And then she was saved from Jericho's collapse. Just because we've messed up doesn't mean that God can't use us in amazing ways. And this stuff was in ways that they don't even know. Right? Rahab was long dead before Jesus came along. But it's important for us to see these kind of things. That God still used them. And if you if you want to dig deeper, there's so much more in all of these 
different things. You know, you've got, you know, all, all of these different, um, kings and things and listed in this. I mean, Solomon is listed here to, to speak for a male and Solomon started off strong, but wound up falling into false teachings and, you know, wives and all of this stuff, you know, that God had warned against. And so you've got all of this. And if you look at some of these names, which we sit here and talk for hours about all of these different names, but this is the, um, this is the genealogy of Jesus. And if you dig into it a little bit, you're going to find that some of these people are messed up too. Even if they were a king, even if they were just a person in Jesus' genealogy, that everybody was good or had a good reputation in the genealogy of Jesus. But Jesus here is a human being, and he's got people in his family line that are totally contrasting what he was sent to earth to do. But Jesus was a human being, and Jesus was had all of this too just like just like we do and he can use you as well jesus spent time using and i mean like we talked about in the touch series if you want to go back like jesus used women in his ministry they may not have been his disciples like in his disciple group but they were still there like the woman at the well the woman at the well ran back to town and brought people back with her. If it wasn't for the woman at the well, if it wasn't for that conversation, if it wasn't for her going back, Samaria wouldn't have had Jesus with him for a couple days and listened to his teaching and all of that. It's amazing to see these kinds of things and how God works um, everything through. No matter what we think it, no matter what we think of things, no matter what we might think of ourselves. But one of the final things, it says, men and women here from the Enduring Word uh, commentary. It says, men and women, notorious for their evil character, lie in the direct line of his descent. This was permitted so that he might fully represent our fallen race. So not just because we can look at it that and just kind of like, well, my family's not as messed up then too because Jesus had some people in his family line. But he is our full representation. That is who Jesus is. Fully God, fully man, gave up being God so he could come down here and be born. So that that way he had all of the things that we do. Hebrews 4.15 says that Jesus can empathize with us. He knows what it's like to have family. He knows what it's like to argue with his brother and brothers. He knows what it's like to, you know, not get along with his parents. He knows what it's like to be adopted. He knows what it's like to have to learn and grow and follow rules and be with his, you know, grow up with his parents. Jesus knows. And it's all because he was um, a human being. It's so important for us to see that. And I hope that um, we can dive in, you know, and, and scratch down into the, the layers of who Jesus is. Over the next little bit in this series and just over the next while. Because I believe seeing Jesus as a human being really, really changes who we are. 
it really changes how we think and how we view Jesus. Because if we view him as this distant God that is just up there and hopes that, you know, he hears us and sees us and can empathize with us and all of that stuff, then we can uh, turn away from him. Sorry, I kind of, we, we, we can turn away from him. We can just think that he's that way and that he doesn't care and that he's just out there somewhere. But if we realize that he's been in our shoes that maybe he's he's battled depression and anxiety and sorrow and lost loved ones and all of these different things that we need him for then we won't go to him but if we know that he's got those things we'll, we'll, we'll be able to see that he actually does care and that he actually does matter in that way that Jesus isn't just God, he is human, and therefore he knows what we're going through, he knows um, who we are, he knows where we are, he knows what we're going through. So um, I know it kind of got rambly there for a second, but that's what looking at the genealogy of Jesus kind of said to me over the last couple weeks as I've been kind of diving into it is that there are people in Jesus' family line that weren't the best. But those people were still used to bring forth Jesus. Where it says in Matthew one twenty one that he was going to save the people from their sins. That's how he was going to be a blessing. So, as we continue on in this series, we're going to um, dive into a little bit of these the covenants next week. Um, one was given to Abraham as we just kind of looked at, we're going to kind of peel that back a little bit. And we're also going to look at the one that was given to David. And so that's where we're going next week. So I hope you'll come back for that. But just remember, God's got stuff for you. God's, God's with you and God's for you. And just because you're a little rough around the edges or because you've made mistakes, doesn't mean that God still can't use you. God used every single one of those people in Jesus family line to bring forth the Messiah, the Savior of the world. He can use you as well. So take that encouragement with you. Come back next week as we continue on in this series. So I'll see you next time.